0: everyone, welcome back to The Extras, my name is Jack. And I'm Raj, good to see you today Jack. Good to see you, wonderful to be with all of you listeners as well. We've had, I mean, it was a pretty amazing weekend that we've had, haven't we Raj? We had our, our first weekend having services back in the building at our Carlingford site. I mean, we'd love to hear from you Raj, you were there across the day. Yeah, how did you feel being back at church with people? Look,
1: I think uh, what happened at 9.15, so North Rocks, Morning Church combined, I think that just, for me, summed up the day. I think you and Josh got up to lead church and it was just a big clap. It was, wasn't it? And yeah. Look, I'm sure part of that was, was you know, Josh for the first time in the flesh. That's right, we can um, welcome him as well. Yeah, but, but I just think it was just such a joy to be back and that mm. was the case really across the, across the whole day. Um, so, you know, special day... Um, so many came, we were restricted, but we've heard news just in the last, you know, day or so that after this week there's a further reasoning of mm. restrictions, so we, we still got to crunch through, through a few things and get the health order and understand that, but um, it is just so delightful to be able to, you know, return to in-person church, yeah. fully understand some just to, you know, not quite ready yet to come back. Mm. We just want to encourage people that when they are ready, we'd love to see them, Um and you know, morning church, North Rocks, nine fifteen. When, when we don't have the restrictions we currently have, um, and and everyone can come back, that will be also also be a time for us to have communion together, as we did at afternoon church and night church, yeah, in, on the week just gone. So very special day, and looking forward, um, yeah, hopefully that the the once in a century pandemic, as it's <laughs> so called, That's right. is, yeah. is behind us. But we've said that before, and Mm. and we don't want to, you know, just need to be careful.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But a big day, uh, and a wonderful one. I mean, a big day in God's Word as well. For those who uh, may not have tuned in, or who would like a refresher. what were we looking at in the Bible on Sunday?
1: Yeah, so look, I was keen um, to just do a a bit of a special series as we return. Unique circumstances in our world at the moment. Um, and, And there's been different phases. And the phase we're now in, I think, is one of freedom. And longing for that freedom, um, and and so, three week series. First week, I really came into John chapter eight, where I just wanted us to see that we're free to belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, yes, we're we're loving our freedoms, and I'm one of those people. Mm. Um, but but the greatest freedom we can have is that that comes from Jesus Christ. And so we looked at John eight. Could have could have, could have gone to a few places. Yeah. But I love John eight, and it it. Well, lots of places in the Bible, but here we, we just saw this confusion happening among among um, people, Jews in particular. Yeah, and we just saw Jesus' priority to help people understand he's the light of the world, and 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 freedom comes through him mm. in the fullest sense of the term. Um, and so I just thought it was quite delightful because we've been in confusion as the people of the time have been in confusion, <laughs> and. Um, um, that question that they articulate, you know, who are you? Verse 25, mm. John chapter eight, and it then goes on and Jesus has some just incredible words. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah. And Wonderful free words. The Wonderful words. So that was the kind of essence. Yeah. Um, and, and. They're also, I think, you know, where I think this does open up for us and we ended up here in in the Q&A time. Mm. We also ended up here. And and that is, this is the greatest freedom that our world now needs to know. Yeah. And I shared some research from only a month or so old that just so many people have talked to me since about it, Jack. Mm. Um, Me too, yeah. You know, and it's 57% of Australians say that 2020 was the hardest year in their life. Yeah. And what's coming out of that is people are now in a place of searching for meaning, thinking yeah. about God, praying. 28% mm. of people say they pray. like Extraordinary things.
0: Very striking. And I think for us who sometimes get in the habit of thinking, oh, you know, I'm sure none of my friends or family care about God at all. I don't want to hear the gospel. I mean, to hear that actually, you know depending which of those numbers you look at you know somewhere between one and four one and three one and two of the people we know actually are thinking about these things and searching for meaning and would love to come to church if we invite them i mean how wonderful is it to to know that we can expect people to respond so what a great confidence that should give us to go out and be sharing this news with people
1: yeah yeah
0: Lots of good things that we are talking about and a few questions that have come in as well. Uh, We've had some questions wrestling with some of the details of John 8, some thinking about freedom more broadly. We're going to start with a couple of those uh, textual ones first. Someone's asked a question picking up on verse 28, where Jesus says, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. I do nothing on my own, speak just what the Father has taught me. Someone's asking, wouldn't it make more sense that we would know that I am He, as in we would know who Jesus is, when he was resurrected, as opposed to his death, when he was lifted up? Because his death appears more like a moment of victory by the Pharisees and the Roman authorities, yeah. How is it that it's the moment of Jesus being lifted up is when we know him?
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jack, but also who put in this question. Um, uh, I think there's a few things that come to my mind. Uh, so one is, I just just want to say that I think in our post-enlightenment mindset, so... so thinking for a reason and so on. We have very definitive concepts of time in the way that I don't think the Bible has. Mm. So in part, we're here when it's talking about the Son of Man being lifted up. Yes, it's absolutely talking about his death. Yeah. But it's really, it's talking about the whole kind of the death and resurrection. Yeah, the whole package. The, the whole kind of package deal. Mm. And, you know, many years ago, I heard someone just talk about this in terms of an election. Hmm. Um, you know, when is someone elected? You know, is it when the voters decide, or is it when they vote, or is it when the results declared, or is it when they're inaugurated, or like there's all of those. Or, that's it's the package deal. It's all of those things. Yeah. So I think I want to partly just, you know, let's not get too attached to the particular points. Mm. It's, it's the whole package. But at the same time, I think you know. When we realise the significance of what Jesus has achieved on the cross, yeah. it is a victory mm. because that's where he conquers sin yeah. by his death. Um, now, now, yes, there's a hope element that comes through Christ. Um, through, through his resurrection, we see that in 1 Corinthians 15. You know, if, if the resurrection didn't happen, we'd to be pitied more than anyone else. Mm. Um, that, that is certainly true, but, but they kind of hang off each other a bit. Yeah. And, and sometimes in the Bible, when you expect it to attach a theological significance to either a death or resurrection, it actually goes the other way. Sure. And, you know, Romans 4.25, I think, comes to mind as one example. Um, so, you know, yeah, you know, it, 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 this is part of the irony, which is in the question, which is, it looked like the Pharisees and Roman authorities had victory, but we know actually... And this is part of the for knowing that's all through this text. We're set free because that actually is the moment he conquered sin. Mm. Yeah. But even I say moment, you know, I don't want to... It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not a package. microsecond. It's, yeah. A,
0: yeah, it's a package yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah, helpful. Thank you. Another detailed question. Someone else is looking at verses 31 to 32. This is the bit you quoted before in your summary. If you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Someone's just wondering about the order of that and asked, how can we hold to the teaching... Before we know the truth. So Jesus says, you know, if you hold to my teaching, which I guess means you would surely know something of the truth. Yeah. Jesus is saying, how is it then you'll know by holding it? Like, shouldn't it be the other way around?
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, look, uh, two things come to mind. And Jack, I'll, I'll throw to you. I'm sure you have some thoughts on this too. So so one is, um, I think our, our commitment must be primarily to Jesus and his teaching and it, it really is impossible for us to know everything. Mm. But because of our, our, our commitment to Jesus and his teaching, as as our teaching understanding expands, mm. then we keep growing in our understanding of the truth. Yeah, And, you know, it's, I think back at college, actually, I wrote a paper that ended up being titled, It's Not What You Know, It's Who You Know. Hmm. <laughs> nice. And really it was trying to get at what are the essentials of the gospel yeah. and it really came back less to the content a two ways to live line, or something like that mm. and it really just came back so you know to timothy 4 2 i think it is remember jesus christ mm. descended from david raised from the dead yeah this is my gospel that's right yeah um the, the focus is on jesus mm. and so the truth then gets filled out as we cling to that commitment but so that's number one. Number two, um, and and you actually said this to me beforehand, which is which is really helpful as well. And that mm. is, um, when the Bible here talks about knowing and knowledge, uh, again, this is an enlightenment kind of category. We, we we can restrict that to an intellectual basis.
0: Yeah, I know the propositions of the gospel, the, yeah. the facts. Yeah. Mm.
1: But consistently, the Bible it it goes far deeper. Mm. And so teaching is a way then to impact the whole being, not just the intellect. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to add to any, any of that? Or...
0: Yeah. So I think, I mean, yeah, to put that together, I think it's, you know, if you hold to my teaching, like, yes, at some level you need to know the truth to, you know, you've got to grasp the teachings that Jesus is asking you to hold to. But it's, it's in continuing to hold on to, to Jesus' teaching, that's how you really know in a deeper like abiding life transforming kind of sense and that you know and i think you guys want to say and the truth will set you free so it's this knowing continuously and knowing kind of uh in such a way that it transforms your life and your whole outlook so that you know you've been set free so i think you're right yeah moving beyond just kind of the facts to this deeper personal thing because ultimately yeah what we're knowing is a person we're not just knowing facts but jesus himself yeah no that's a i think that's a good answer cool thank you all right We're going to move on to a couple of questions, thinking a bit more about the the kind of ideas and the concepts as we kind of bring it all together. Someone's got a question about freedom. It's a long one. I'll I'll just read it and try and summarize at the end as well. Jesus is talking about slavery, freedom, and sonship in the context of a society that had these categories in their households. And he emphasizes freedom as a benefit belonging to a son. Whereas in our time, we don't have those categories in everyday household life. Uh, Freedom is a benefit from independence and autonomy. So how do I then engage with these contrasting ideas about freedom in conversation with my friends who have Western individualistic conceptions of freedom? Where is a common ground that we can start talking? I think That's a fascinating question, yeah. yeah. Culture, family, freedom, what do we make of all that?
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and thank you. This is a question, you know, someone's thinking deeply about the first century times and the illustrations Jesus is picking, picking on for the particular audience to make his point. Um so I just that's that's very powerful. Mm. I I think um you know we all the, the word common ground is in the question mm. which which is what we need to look for. The same is true, you know, the the Jesus is making that point from what we're looking at to, to make a deeper point that the Bible consistently makes that we're slaves to sin. Yeah. And that's here in this text, the uh, Exodus kind of background to that and so on. Um and and you know I actually think the more I talk to people, Jack, I find um, I just find everyone deep down feels enslaved. Mm. Um, I, I actually have yet to talk to someone who genuinely does not feel enslaved.
0: Yeah, we talk freedom a lot, but we what talk do we freedom feel? a lot,
1: and I think I shared this at one of the congregations, or maybe I didn't, but. Oh, I'll on the extras, because hmm. it's the extras. That's right, here we are. Um, I remember when I left, when I, you know, we've just heard the last few weeks, we're having Josh and Josh and Susan doing MTS. I remember mm. for me, um, all of those years ago, you know, yesterday, not... <laughs> um, when I decided to leave my secular job, I was an accountant and I walked around and I said to people, I'm going to leave, I'm going to become a ministry apprentice and had a wonderful time doing that. And, you know, it was fascinating because one by one, I just got the response from people. Mm. Good on you. I said, what do you mean? And they yeah. said, well, good on you for having the guts to do what you want to do. So <laughs> someone, A very senior person, they were her words to me. Yeah, right. And... I just looked at her face and her eyes, and I realised you are enslaved. Mm. You know, for the two years I've been working here. There's this image everyone puts on. Yeah. But deep down, we're just so enslaved. Mm. And and now she liked her job and all you know all of that. But there, but life was a grind. Yeah. And I just I just now I think everyone is like that in different ways. Job. And I, I think the more probing, deeper questions you're able to get someone talking about, and I think the COVID pandemic for the last 18 months of lockdowns and so on just provides such fertile ground for those explorations. Mm. Um, nice. in all kinds of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that's good. Like i could add something, I think thinking culturally about how our culture works with all this. I think the freedom that most people today talk about is what the philosophers would call negative freedom or negative liberty, which is a freedom from. So people think that freedom means freedom from all constraints. So as long as I've got no one telling me what to do and I can live for myself and pursue my dreams, like that's true freedom. And then philosophers also speak about another kind of freedom, which is the positive freedom, which is uh, not a freedom from, but a freedom for, a freedom to, to truly embrace life as it's meant to be. And I don't think that's what most people around us mean when they talk about freedom, because they primarily mean freedom from. Like, I want to be freed from all the shackles of, whether it's my parents' expectations, all the corporate, you know, um, ladder, the structure, you know, all of that. Like, cast off all of that freedom. But I, I think most people find that when you do kind of, you know, cast off all constraints, what you're left with is not freedom, but paralysis. Like, I think the idea of decision paralysis is a really helpful talking point to have discuss we've been without for that, haven't we? <laughs> that's right i mean when you have absolute freedom to do whatever you want how on earth do you decide what to do yeah. like it's it's crippling so having no constraints at all is just not how human beings are meant to live i mean the classic illustration of this is the goldfish like the goldfish who's swimming around in his bowl just longs to be freed from the constraints of the glass sphere that he lives in and finally launches himself up one day to find that for a goldfish freedom outside water is really no freedom at all i think starting to help people see actually do you really want to have no shackles at all? Do you want, want no constraints? Like, oh, yeah, like freedom yeah. from everything is actually not freedom in the end at all. Yeah. That might be a helpful way to start getting into the kinds of things Jesus is talking about because true freedom is knowing him. All right, a couple more questions for us to uh, hit as we get towards the end. Uh, some person, One person's asked, this is fairly broad, but uh, this person says, I guess, dot, 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 what does it mean now that we belong to the sun? Um, yeah, maybe, I'm not sure exactly what this person had in mind here, but thinking about what this passage, what Jesus says about sonship yeah, how does that help us as we think about slavery and freedom? Yeah, thanks,
1: Jack. So I think like you, I there could be several things behind you, so mm. let, let's just have a stab and see how we go. Yeah. Um, I think I want to come back to verses 35, 36, mm. um, where it says, Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So that's just contrasting the. Verb- the place of a slave in those times often lived with a family, mm. but but didn't have any of the rights, didn't have a permanent, you know, inheritance, things like that. Yeah. Um, and so they really were enslaved to the family, but a son belongs to the family forever, and that has implications for their children and so on. Mm. Um, verse thirty six. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. So that is just talking about, and and you know, in most translations they put of verse 36 in capital S to refer to Jesus because yep. he is the one who has set us free. Um, um, that is, we are free and no longer slaves to sin because of him. And what he's trying to do is pick up on the human analogies of a time. We had a question about that earlier. Yeah, And he's trying to push us and, and just free us from... Like, it, it, it's a metaphor talking in human categories to help us understand God's categories, mm. um, where there is just extraordinary freedom if you belong to the Son. Yeah. Which, of course, is the offer earlier on in John 8, it talks about him being the light, Jesus being the light of the world. Mm. Um So there's another image to to come with the same kind of thing. Yeah,
0: nice. If I can riff on that just a little bit more, I mean, going back to what I just said. I mean, I think this verse is a really great example of what I was saying, that, you know, the slave has no permanent place in the family. The son belongs to it forever. Like, doesn't that go against our world's idea of freedom? Like, oh, you mean I have to stay in my father's house forever? Like, that's the opposite of freedom, isn't it? Like, you kind of think, surely the the, the son who is free is, you know, in Jesus' prodigal son. The son who gets to go off and do whatever he wants, who flees the father's house, surely that's freedom. I think Jesus' story there shows you what that kind of recklessness leads you to, whereas true freedom is having a place where you get to be with your father forever. Like That's, that's a, I think, a greater picture of what it means yeah. to be free to relate to God and, and as his son as it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right, last question. Uh, someone's asked, uh, I feel that sometimes while I know that I'm free in Christ, I don't live or think in a way that's radically different from my non-Christian friends. What should I do? What can we as a church do if many of us feel that way?
1: Yeah, thank you. I think we spoke about this, I can't remember now, which particular congregation. And look, I just, I feel the depth of what's behind this mm. and the struggle that sin is. Yeah. For I, I struggle with sin too, Jack. I know you do as well. Mm. Um. Sorry, not just... Because I know anything in particular, you know, not not CCTV or anything. You know, it's just
0: (laughs) a (laughs) theological fact. It's a theological
1: fact (laughs) that we all do, and and the manifestation of that varies from person to person. Um, and and yet, you know, I think I'm sure in the years ahead I'm going to talk about this Mm. at at St Paul's. I think um, it can be the case that in reformed circles like ours, that. In the last forty or fifty years, we haven't equipped people theologically enough in mm. this area, and I think I think I can see what's happened. With good intent, and that is, you know, fifty years ago, churches were packed with people. Uh, it, it was a cultural and social thing. Yeah, and so just what the family does on Sunday. It's just what the family does on Sunday, mm. and and so. Christian leaders understandably started just talking about the need focusing on the need to be saved by grace yeah um, and and you can imagine you can see how at the time and I think this is well known to all of us we focus on the externals mm. um, and so there was a great focus that came then on the heart which was exactly right yeah but I think for a period of time we stopped talking about what that then looks like
0: mm.
1: and I, passages like James 2 come to mind there's this very tight connection
0: yeah,
1: um, but not just James too. It's all through the Bible, and and so I I think over a period of time churches have failed people in, in understanding. Mm. Um, and I think more recently I've I've heard about research coming out of America that that looked at the quality of a life between Christians and non Christians, thinking the hypothesis you know is the Christian life looking any different because of a grace which will transform us. Yeah. And it was just alarming they 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 found it it's very similar in a Mm. whole bunch of areas. So I I deeply, you know, I I want to commend the person who's put this in, but the Mm. desire that's there to to be different. In terms of what one should do, um what I what I have come to think is the more you soak yourself in God's word, Mm. the better. Yeah. We it's not even so much TV anymore, is it? It's, it's social media, it's all kinds of things. But the things we expose ourselves to mm. and the declining morality of our society, you know, you can't really drive anywhere now and you have these huge billboards with people not wearing too much and yeah, the, the list of things just goes on and mm. the, the rating system it just slides over time and so on. That's the world in which we live. Every day, we are subject to thousands and thousands of, of messages in that kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you compare the messages or the time we spend soaking ourselves in the Word of God mm. through church, through growth group, through personal devotions, through prayer, um, through conversation with Christian people, I think there's there's an imbalance mm. um, that, that then, you know, that the Bible talks about the way to be transformed is through your mind. Yeah. So when we're exposing ourselves, our minds to all of this stuff... Um, now it's a reality, that's the world in which we live I'm not at all suggesting we you know, head down to the track of monasteries and so on mm. <laughs> um, although that's part of what they did, right? To exclude yeah. themselves to be more devoted to that's where it came from yeah. um, so that might not be the way it looks but how is it that we're balancing all of those messages we're getting that are changing our hearts and our minds and our actions and so, the primary thing I would want to say is, you know, this, this may be a Sunday school answer, I'm sorry, but mm. <clears throat> there's also something good in it. Yeah. Um, you know, especially now that we can return to in-person activities, I know some are, you know, not quite ready and that's okay, but what are you doing by way of soaking yourselves in God's Word by yeah. church and by growth group and, and, and maybe to add into that as well, you know, serving. And if Sam was here, he would say, gladly serving. That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, because all of those things just help you, you know, I, I think it's a trap to wait till your heart is in the right place before you do any of those things. Yeah. Because those things actually help our heart to get in the right place. Yeah, yeah. That then helps our lives look different to the non-Christian around. So what can we do as a church? I think it's a great question. Mm. Um, that's And that's part of the reason where, We've been talking about restructuring things and many have been part of strategy sessions and so on and we've done surveys with all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And it's part of the reason we actually talking about heading you know, just restructuring a bit so that we can help more people in these very areas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. No, thank you. Very helpful and something we all need to hear, absolutely. Raj, thanks for answering our questions this week. Uh, as we wrap up, can you give us a little sneak preview of what's coming up? So this yeah. coming Sunday to come, what are we going to be looking at?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jack. So, look, for second in the series of, you know, we are free. Mm. And, and this time, so we've looked at the freedom to belong. I think this, well, I know this, this time I'm planning on looking at, um, <clears throat> we're free to long. Yeah, okay. And what I mean by that is, we are free to long for the last day. So you talked mm-hmm. about the negative and positive aspects of freedom. Yeah, and this is very much part of that. Mm-hmm. We we um, we live in such a beautiful part of the world, and if you've ever come across visitors from many countries, you you will know that. Um, but in the Bible, I just one of the sections we're going to look at Romans eight about the nature of this world. We're also going to look at Revelation twenty two, that just has this incredible picture life on that yeah.
0: last day. Looking forward to it, yeah. and looking forward to uh, getting to steep ourselves in that as a church on Sunday. Wonderful thanks. future we have. Yeah.
1: yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, it's not quite the two hours you and Sam went for last week, although in three different sections.
0: That's right, yeah. You know, i giving you a slightly lighter episode this week so that you've got plenty of time to catch to up to as catch you're up. still <laughs> wrestling with the for <laughs> from last week. It's yeah. a good thing to <laughs> wrestle with, and
1: very much connected with what we're talking about here in, in Freedom to Belong to the
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Raj, and thanks, listeners. We'll catch you on Sunday.